last time I preached, I talked about the soul winner's joy, and that comes from Proverbs 11.30. I just want to read that to you in the, in the Living Bible. Godly men and women are growing a tree that bears life-giving fruit. I'll say that again. Godly men and women are growing a tree that bears life-giving fruit, and all who win souls are wise. That comes from Proverbs 11, verse 30. This morning what I want to speak about is renewed in his image, being reflectors of his glory, because we are new creatures in Christ. Is that right? We, re we really are new creatures in Christ, and that also means that people are going to be drawn to us if we're new creatures in Christ. If you brought your Bibles with you, please turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. And I'm going to read it out of the New King James that I use. Uh, and then I'm also going to read it out of uh, the message. Therefore, as the elect of God, that's who we are. We really need to understand that God has placed such importance on us as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. It's something that we do. We put it on. It doesn't just happen. We put it on. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Remember, we were forgiven for stuff that nobody else could forgive us for except Jesus Christ because of the blood that he shed. But above all these things, put on love. So there's a whole lot of things that we need to put. And he says, put it on. You do something. Put on love. Which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Boy, that's a big one, isn't it? I was reminded of that this week. Everything was going wrong in one day. And somebody rang me up and he says, how's it going? I said, not very well. And he said, be thankful in all things. I said, that's easy to say when everything's going all right. I shot right back at him. But I said, when everything's going wrong, it's not so easy. And then he said, it still says, be thankful and rejoice. <laughs> oh. He rang me back the next day. He says, how are you feeling? I said, much better today than yesterday. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns. And that's what he was doing. He was admonishing me and teaching me and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now I'll read it in the, in the message. So chosen by God for this new life of love. That's how, and then it says something really interesting. Dress in the wardrobe that God has picked for you. Dress in the wardrobe that God has picked for you. Compassion, 
kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, that you don't always have to be first. Quick to forgive an offence. Forgive as quickly and completely as the Master forgave you. And regardless of what you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Love, he's talking about. Never be without it. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing and cultivate thankfulness. It doesn't just happen. You have to do something. You've got to cultivate it. I don't know, I'm a gardener and, and you've got to cultivate your garden. If you want to grow good things, you've got to cultivate that ground first. You can't just have clayey ground and chuck seed on it and hoping something's going to come up. It just doesn't work. The birds will probably take the seed and nothing will come up. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing, sing your hearts out to God. That's what it says. Sing, sing your hearts out to God. My kids used to say, Dad, not so loud. I said, I love praising God. And I just kept going. Well, here, in the message at least, it said, sing, sing, sing your hearts out to God. So I had it right all the time. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Does that say a lot? Let's just pray. Father, as we read these scriptures, Lord, we've got so much to learn still. Me too. And Lord, I pray that you would help us. Lord, as I bring the word this morning, Father, that you would convict us and convince us by your spirit that this is the way to live and this is the way that other people are going to be one to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is one of the big keys. So, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just use this word, like let it be like arrows to our heart and to our mind, Father, that we don't forget it, that we would remember it, practice it, cultivate it, and, Lord, walk in it, for we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. So this passage gives a list of Christian or Christ-like qualities that Paul exhorts us to cultivate in our lives. He says, come on, he said, this, this is the kind of stuff that you need to be doing. The beginning point of this passage is that we, the church, are God's chosen ones. We are really God's chosen ones. When I start to think of that, you, when you go over and you're preparing stuff and you say, chosen by God? We didn't just come in on our own bat saying, I think I'll give God a go. No, God chose you. God appointed you. And God says, I want to use you for my glory and my honour. 
In the New Testament, God's chosen people are no longer only the nation of Israel, but all who come to God through faith in Christ. All. He made the two one. You know, Ephesians talks about that. Whether Jew or Gentile, and that's a complete other message by itself. In 2 Peter 2, verse 4 to 10, it tells us those who believe and accept Christ are God's chosen royal priesthood. Wow. Holy nation. You are because you have received Christ as Lord and have become holy and beloved to God. And on what basis we must clothe ourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with meekness and patience and above everything with love because love never fails. And you say, well, I've tried that. No, you've got to keep on trying it because the Bible says love never fails. We might see something not happening one day, but if we continue in it, love will triumph in the finish. It does because God's word says love never fails. And whatever God's word says is truth. If we were to review books printed in the past 20 years concerning business or success, literature, self-development and personal growth, even a good amount of success-oriented Christian literature, these virtues will not hold a prominent place that I've been reading out of the scripture. And we do not need another book to tell us how to make excuses on unforgiveness. We're pretty good at that. Endeavouring to justify bitterness as to why we should not forgive somebody. But God exhorts us to take another direction. Cultivate kindness and humility. Cultivate it. That means you have to work at it. Something has to happen. And the only way that I know it works, when I ask the Holy Spirit to help me to do something, that's how it is woven into the tapestry of my life because he's able to do it way beyond what I'm able to do it. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity and he dwells in us and he's able to do things that we can never do by ourselves. Clothe yourselves with compassion. Clothe yourself. Meekness, patience, the fruit of these characteristics in our life is harmony and peace. That's the outworking of these things. Two things most lacking in the world today are harmony and peace. Not just between nations, in nations, also in homes. Not just harmony between nations and people, but harmony at home. Harmony and peace that has been given by God to unite our hearts to love one another. A pastor that Susie and I met in Portland at the MFI conference says this, his mission trains 120 Ethiopian missionaries each year. And they go and plant churches mainly among Muslim people where there's never been a church before. As he visits these mission sites, he asks the leaders to share their testimony. Most often within a year or so, there are between 80 and 100 believers from nothing 
Now I'm going to tell you why I think what we're talking about this morning is one of the major keys for winning people to Christ. How can such a thing happen? And in every case, every case, their testimony is that Muslims came to Christ primarily for one reason. They see that the Christians have peace and harmony. Isn't that amazing? So when the opposite is true, when there is no peace and harmony, guess what? It repels people. They see that Christians have peace and harmony in their homes and that is what they wanted most. You know, that's what Susie's testimony is too. When she first came in to Christian families, especially Fred and Dinica, she saw something that she had wanted all her life, peace in the home. Because she grew up in an alcoholic home where there was fights and bitterness and all those things continually every day. My father-in-law, I never saw him sober except for when he lived with us. One time for six weeks and another time for a year and a half. Apart from that, I never saw him sober, ever. And it was, there was violence attached to it. So when she sees a Christian home where peace dwells, that's what I want. And, and you know, look, people used to say to her, all you can talk about is Jesus. They were Christians as well. She said, well, what else is there to talk about? That would be her immediate response because she saw that what Jesus did on the cross at Calvary brought peace in the households. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience and love in our family life, in our homes and in our churches, that's what the world is looking for. The real testimony of the presence and greatness of Christ in you, the hope of glory, needs to be seen in us. It really does. We need to be that way, whatever the cost. No schizophrenic Christianity, you know, dealing kindly with love and peace on Sundays, where in our homes it resembles a war zone. That is not real Christianity. There's something sadly lacking there. We haven't asked the Holy Spirit to change us whatever the cost might be. And there is a cost. You're no longer your own. You've been bought with a price. That's what the Bible says. So if that's true, that means he's the boss and whatever he tells us to do, we should be doing. And if we do that, people will look at us and they go, that's what I want. Fathers and mothers, the responsibility for transforming families with the love of God and his kindness starts with you. Doesn't start with the Christian school, doesn't start with church, it starts with mums and dads. And grandparents have a great role to play in that to back up what mum and dad say. And I've said that many times to the grandchildren when they were small, mum or dad would say something and they didn't take much notice and I'd say, did you hear what mum and dad said? And they'd get such a shock because pa's talking to him in a stern way now, not fun anymore. 
And I said, you always do what mum and dad tell you to do. And they go, right. Twice in the final portion of this passage, Paul tells us to be thankful and wants to express ourselves to God with gratitude. Bart, Bart loves praising God, right? You know, even in his prayers, he's praising God. The, the opportunity to praise God. Well, here, and this is, the, this is the scripture that can be drawn from that area, sing with a heart of gratitude. Don't just sing. Sing with a heart of gratitude. Sing or pray with a heart of gratitude. Live with a heart of gratitude. Thankfulness, peace and harmony, they all go together. Be thankful. I am so thankful that I'm no longer a fighting, angry, selfish, arrogant person. That's what I was because everything revolved around me. And then God came into my life and changes things and then quite often you go overboard. For you. We're like pendulum people. We swing from one extreme to another extreme. I didn't trust anybody and then all of a sudden I trusted everybody and I got taken for thousands of dollars in that, what's name, in that period of time until my brother Fred said, he said, listen, love is freely given, trust is earned. I learned a really valuable lesson that time. And, you know, when people said, I'll pay you back, and I said, let's draw something up about you paying me back. Where before I would just, I had the money, so I'd given the money and I never got a cent back. And they were sitting in the congregation on a Sunday and you had to preach with God's heart of love towards them. You had to pray before you went to church because there'd be people sitting there that have, were supposed to pay you back and they never paid you a cent. But it's all right. I've given it to God. God can deal with it much better than me. So characteristics that are angry and fighting, they don't fit in God's kingdom plan or purpose. God's kingdom, however, is thankfulness, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience and love. These belong together in our lives. And if it's not working, I exhort you and I pray that you would talk to the Holy Spirit and ask him to help you. Ask him to help you. I'm telling you, it works. I was a, not quite a chain smoker, but almost. I smoked 35 a day. I tried to give it up four or five times. And I just could not give it up because I was so hooked on the rotten things. And one day I got on my knees and I said, Lord, I can't do it by myself. You've got to help me. That's the last time I smoked, 44 years ago. Thankfulness for the work of Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We have to include the whole Trinity in our lives. You know, we are so thankful to the Father that he so loved the world that he gave his Son. We are so thankful to the Son that he died on the cross for all our sins and all our iniquities and he bore it all. I can't even begin to imagine that. 
and thankful to the Holy Spirit because he resides within. He gives us counsel. He strengthens us. He gives us ideas that we couldn't dream up by ourselves if we tried. The key that unlocks all the negatives and minuses and removes them from our lives, that's Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Reinhard Bonnke says, look at the cross. Jesus took my minuses and turned them all into pluses. Because we were all minuses. We all sinned and came short of the glory of God, right? And then the cross, the upright where Jesus was crucified, he turned our minuses into pluses. Totally agree with him. Wish I'd have thought of it. So whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. My words and my actions must be the same and both must be centred on the character of Jesus Christ. I need to ask myself in many situations, am I doing this in my name or am I doing it in Christ's name? Am I expressing his lordship over my life in my actions and words or am I claiming my own right to do as I please? It's my life, I can do what I want to. No, you can't. You can if you're not a Christian. The moment you become a Christian, you've been bought with a price, now you listen to him and do what he tells you to do. Lord Jesus, help us to embrace your character in spite of the values of the world around us that so seem to contradict the values of your kingdom. It's so different. Help us to remember you, your love, sacrifice, compassion and kindness. Let us embrace humility when our culture teaches assertiveness. You've got to assert yourself. Let us embrace kindness when our culture counsels indifference. Help us, Father, to remember to thank you in all things and let our speaking, our doing, show forth your greatness to our generation, those coming behind and those still yet to come. How does anyone start this kind of life, you might ask? Listen to what Psalm 86 verse 5 says. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. That's how it starts. And abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. You just got to come to that place where you are willing to admit that you need a saviour. I had to come to that place. I did it on a hospital bed. Scared I was going to die. And he asked me, Bernie, who's been the boss of your life, all of your life? I said, me. He said, you make me the Lord of your life and I will lead you for the rest of your life. He didn't say saviour, he said Lord. And the moment that happened, I started confessing every sin that the Holy Spirit brought to my memory and by the time I went into the operating theatre and they shoved that needle in my hand to put me out, I couldn't have cared whether I lived or died because I was right with God. And it took that. It was momentous for me. And that's never, it's never changed. 
It's, it's stayed that way for me the rest of my life. Admit that you need a saviour. You know, when the people asked Peter on the day of Pentecost, repent and be baptised every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wow. That's all we need to say. Jesus is ready to forgive you. And, you know, they say, well, what does sin mean? It's missing the mark that God has set for us in his word. That's what sin is. You're missing the mark. Repentance is asking God's forgiveness for missing the mark. It's the standard that he has set for us to walk in. And the moment we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he becomes the one that stands in front and says, I'm his boss. And God says, that's good. The Father's pleased now because Jesus will confess you before his Father in heaven. And as we do that, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The thing that we need to become is reflectors of his glory. And we can't do that by ourselves. We really need the Holy Spirit's help day after day after day after day. But I'll guarantee you one thing, and this is an ironclad guarantee, that as you do that, you look back in one year's time and you will see that you have changed. That's how it happens. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that you have put everything in place for us to be known as the chosen of God, as the sons of God, the daughters of God, because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary and because we came to that place where we recognised that we needed a saviour. So, Father, I pray, Lord God, that we will remember this. Lord, let it go deep into our hearts and into our minds. Lord, that we need to be people that will be, Lord, attractive to the world outside, to our extended families. Father, that they would see in us, Lord, peace, patience, meekness, all those good qualities that Jesus displayed as he walked the earth. Father, I pray that we might be reflectors of that and that people will come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour because of the life that they see in us. Help us to do that, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, I pray now that your word, Lord, will be hiding in people's hearts water it by your Holy Spirit and cause it to come forth in fruitfulness 30, 60, 100 fold. And Father, that we would have a heart for souls. 
Father, that we would pray like we have never, ever prayed before. That we would reflect like we have never, ever reflected before the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, the change that he's made in our lives. Lord, your word said that you'll change us from glory to glory. Not from nothingness to glory, but from glory already to greater glory. Father, may that be seen by all the people that we meet. Father, during the week, in the shop, on the road, wherever we go, Father, that we may be reflectors of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, we ask it in his precious name. Amen and amen. If there's anybody that wants prayer for anything at all, there's people here that would uh, love to stand with you, pray with you, believe God, that God will make the difference in your life, whatever the situation might be. You know, like, we should always go to God first. If you need to go to the doctor, go to the doctor by all means. Go to God first. And then go to the doctor if you still need to. But always go to God first. So if there's anybody uh, that needs prayer, just please come to the front. Apart from that, there's coffee and tea and the, uh, the opportunity to, uh, to have fellowship and to talk about the good things of God that he does in our lives continually. Thank you all for coming. God bless you.